Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the only podcast out there fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the upcoming prelims of UFC fight cards. This week, we're talking about UFC in Sacramento, Durandamy versus Lad. It's an exciting fight card. But as you know, if you are a follower of this podcast, we are just talking about the prelim portion of that card. Now, if you're new to the show, you're probably asking yourself, why just talk about the prelim portion of the card? Why not talk about the whole thing or why not focus on the main events? And the answer is really simple, is that you probably already know how you feel about Durandamy versus Ladd. You probably already know how you feel about, you know, other fights such as Uriah Faber versus Ricky Simon. But you're probably missing out on making money on the prelims. That's right. You're missing out on making money on the prelims. There's tons of gems down there, whether you're gambling or doing daily fantasy sports. You're going to want to be knowledgeable about those early fights, and that's what we're here for. And speaking of making money on daily fantasy sports, you're going to want to check out BSMMA.com. BSMMA.com is the exclusive sponsor of the Prelim Primer, and they bring you daily fantasy sports for MMA in a way that nobody else does. Look, all the, the guys out there, all the other guys, so to speak, do daily fantasy wrong. They've got salary caps. There's no salary cap in MMA. They're picking winners based on how many leg kicks somebody lands. You know, you're getting minuscule amounts of points and you're trying to figure out if you won. It's not fun that way. Daily fantasy sports for MMA should be simple, and that's what BSMMA is doing. All they're asking you to do is pick five winners. You can pick any five winners on the card, how they win, and in what round they win, and watch your points add up. That's it. That's all you got to do, and you can win a whole bunch of money. They've got guaranteed payout contests right now. So even if your contest doesn't fill up, they're still going to pay out the full amount. You're going to want to check that out. And they're giving you a free contest for some of their BS MMA apparel. This stuff is sweet. They've got a black dry fit shirt that you can pick up this week. Just enter the contest with the promo code PRELIM7. P-R-E-L-I-M and the number 7. PRELIM7 is going to get you that free game. So head on over there, enter that contest, and make your picks today. And to help you out with those picks on BSMMA.com, I have enlisted the help of a phenomenal co-host. Today, I am joined by Kyle Steele from the Loudmouth MMA Network, home of such shows as MMA Yesterday, Between the Links, and the Not Safe for Work MMA Show. Kyle, thanks so much for taking the time and joining me. Well, I appreciate you, man. Uh, I I will tell you that uh, so Top Turtle has been very paramount uh, in my podcasting. It was one of the first podcasts that I started listening to uh, long before I, I became a host and then obviously be you know built a network out. So uh, I, I appreciate you and everything you've done for me unknowingly. Awesome. Yeah, that is absolutely phenomenal to hear. And remember that you can check out all episodes of Top Turtle MMA over on Flow Combat. We'll be getting to you a little bit later in the week with that as well. Now, we do have to get to some prelims here. So we're going to start with the first round. As always, we're going to talk about as many prelims as we can. Let's first put... Five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Andre Touchy Feely versus Shaman Marias. Andre Feely's 3-1 in his last four. His only loss is a split decision loss to Michael Johnson, and he recently beat Miles Jury by decision. Shaman Marias is only 2-2 two two in the UFC, but those losses come to Sadiq Youssef and Zabit Magomed Sharapov. And meanwhile, he did beat Julio Arce and Matt Salis, which is pretty impressive. Now, I want to talk about the stylistic portion of Andre Feely's game. Andre Feely sort of got away from the takedown game last time against Miles Jury. Do you think he has to go back to it here against Shaman Marias? 
Uh, I think he should, but I don't. I don't think he will. Uh, Andre Feely seems to be one of those guys in love with the Flash, and and that's something that's I think broadened through his career. Uh, I, and I also think it's a it's a team alpha male mindset a little bit. You know, it's a lot of younger people. I mean, I'm making a lot of generalizations here, but a lot of younger people, uh, and then younger people tend to be. Uh, a little bit more flash-minded, right? Mm-hmm. He wants he wants stuff to be on highlight reels. So uh, I think his style has progressively changed. So I don't think he will. I think he continues to try to do some spinny stuff. <laughs> he, he tries to just get fun with it. And I don't know how much success he's going to keep having. You know, the more fights you win, the better competition you fight. I don't know if Shaman Marais is necessarily that roadblock. Uh, but we're getting there, right? We're, we're yeah. getting closer to those roadblocks where he's going to have to convert back to his base, which is wrestling and, and, and grappling. And um, I don't think he will, but he probably should. I think you're right about that, too, because I think we saw a similar thing with Josh Emmett, who's on the main portion of this card, another female male guy who throws absolute bombs, but like sort of forgot that he was a college wrestler, uh, I think, at times, which is a shame. Uh, now, so you said that you don't know that Shaman Marias is, is that high enough level that's going to give Feely trouble on the feet do you think feely's striking is technical enough to deal with the technical striking of shaman rise i'd say i don't i and 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 i guess let me rephrase what i said i don't think he's that massive step up in competition to where to where andre feely getting away from his natural game plan is going to cut him off at the knees Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think shaman rise is that guy I absolutely think Shaman Marais can beat Andre Feely and, and very much, probably will, for being super honest. I mean, it's a little early in the week to be making those types of decisions for a guy like me, uh, but very, very well could. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I think Andre Feely is good enough to hang. I don't know if he completely abandons his game plan like he has for the last couple fights. <laughs> I don't know how much longer it's going to last. And, and this could be the guy. That's like, all right, you're not gonna be able to do that same stuff on me. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And and you talked about there being that like that guy, that like big step up guy. I, I think that's like the Sadiq Yusuf level fighter or the, the Shane Burgos of that division who's really going to put the screws to him when it comes down to it. So uh, I usually ask for a, a prediction at the end of all of these. You know, obviously, like you said, we're early in the week. I, I'm leaning towards going with uh, Shaman Marais by decision. How about you? Me as well. All right, so that's the first fight. We're going to get to one more in this very first round. It's a fight I'm super excited for, and that's Darren Elkins versus Ryan Hall. Now, Darren Elkins is 0-2 in his last two, but those losses come to Ricardo Lamas and Alexander Volkanovsky. Certainly no no problems there. And Uriah Hall is 3-0 and in the UFC, but it's come over a very long period of time versus a weird mixture of opponents in BJ Penn, Gray Maynard, and Artem Lobov. So, obviously, uh, Elkins seems to not want to go to the ground with Ryan Hall, or we would assume he's not. What do you think he does if Uriah Hall does his flop to the ground like he did against Gray Maynard? Or, or Ryan Hall, close though. Oh, uh, yeah, but... Ryan Hall, thank you. <laughs> You're good. Now, uh, okay, so anyone who knows me knows how much I love Ryan Hall. I, I'm obsessed with Ryan Hall. Uh, I'm not going to go into dramatic detail, but just know I've made some very bold <laughs> predictions about Ryan Hall in, in my lifetime. Uh, I mean, this is a, I, 
anyone who tells you they know how this fight is going to go, they are a, they're a charlatan. <laughs> they're lying to you. Uh, get away from them as fast as you can. You have no idea how this fight is going to go. This could be one of the worst fights in UFC history. This could be one of the weirdest fights in UFC history. This could be the quickest fight in UFC history, although uh, five seconds is going to be real hard to beat. <laughs> but, you know, this fight could be over in less than 30 seconds. I, I, I have absolutely no idea where this fight's going. If the question is, what will Darren Elkins do if Ryan Hall flops to the ground? My guess is that Darren Elkins will walk away and say, no, I'm not going to do that. But here's the thing about Darren Elkins. If there's a guy, if there's a guy, if you had to close your eyes and envision a guy who would just abandon any game plan just to try to prove a point, isn't Darren Elkins that guy? It, it is fucking Darren Elkins. So I, I was thinking so, the same thing. I was thinking so to myself, who, I was thinking like, Darren Elkins is going to jump in there. At least he's, once he's going to jump right? in. And, then, and as soon as it happens, Ryan Hall's going to take something home with him, whether it's an arm, whether it's a neck, a shoulder, a toe, a knee. Uh, I mean, he's going to take something home with him. This is a guy, I think Ryan Hall might be the best BJJ guy to ever fight in the UFC. Now, I understand we had a guy like, we had Hoist Gracie fighting in the UFC. I understand that. Ryan Hall is a different level. He's a different level. To, to anybody else that we've seen because he has the MMA stuff. He has the MMA caliber behind him as well. You you take Hoist Gracie in his prime. You take Ryan Hall in his prime. Ryan Hall would mop the floor with a guy like Hoist Gracie. Yeah, right? it, it's Ryan just Hall, a different style. It's just a too. different thing, too. It's, it's just a different thing. Ryan Hall is a, a phenom, to, to say the least. Mm -hmm. So if Darren Elkins gets cute, it's not going to work out. And, and I, think, the, I think that's what's that going to happen. With that said, and, and I know you've saved the prediction, I'll just give my prediction now. With that said, uh, Darren Elkins should win this fight and, and win it pretty cleanly. I think by, he could finish him, but more than likely will eke out just in, uh, in a horribly ugly decision. I think that's possible, but I'm going to say here officially, because we are just at the end of the first round here, I am going to say officially my decision here is I'm going with Ryan Hall by submission. I think just one time it takes him to jump into that guard or jump onto the ground with him, and that one time is going to wind up being real stupid, and he's going to lose a leg. Listen, you're mouth to God's ears, my friend. If that happens, <laughs> if that happens, I will. If I'm at a bar, I will buy the bar a beer. I I love Ryan Hall. I love Ryan Hall. All right. Well, we're gonna have to postpone this Ryan Hall love for just a little bit because we are done with the first round. We're gonna head on over to the second round. But before we do that, we're gonna catch a quick breath on the stall or stool, rather, not the stall, on the stool, real quick, and send this over to our sponsors. <laughs> When I first got into watching MMA, it was real simple. What I wanted to do is I wanted to invite all my friends over, I wanted to turn on the fights, and I wanted to sit there and banter with my friends about who knew more about who was going to win, right? Were you going to watch the Muay Thai guy versus the wrestler? All the wrestlers in the room were picking the wrestlers. You wanted to show that you knew more than your friends, and that's where the idea for BSMMA.com came from. BSMMA.com wants you to get all your friends together, and let's enter a contest. And that's why they have the new create your own contest option where you can invite all your friends and have a massive game maybe you just want to compete against you know your friend across the room it doesn't matter the size it doesn't matter the payout it doesn't matter the entry fee you can do it any way you want bsmma.com completely customizable contest so make sure to check them out bsmma.com 
And we are back with round number two. We're going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about a real weird one. It's Juliana Pena versus Nico Montano. So Juliana Pena last lost to Valentina Shevchenko, but that was in January of 2017 before she had her daughter, Nico Montano, 1-0 in the UFC. Of course, that one win is a title fight over Roxanne Modafari. That was in December of 2017. So both of these two, huge layoffs for various weird reasons. One of them was champ. One of them was pretty close to a title shot in their division. Which layoff are you more worried about? Uh, Nico's. She just has way less experience. You know, I think Pena can 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 get away with it, you know. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, and, and to, to lead into the actual fight itself, here, here you go, Nico. Here's your opportunity. You know, she was, in her mind, snubbed uh, and then gets the fight, has to pull out has to pull out of, I believe, another fight after that, if, if I remember correctly. You know, here's your chance to prove, to prove everybody wrong that you can do this, that, that you are this person that you want people to believe that you are, that you are this challenger. You are one of the best. The problem is, is she's going up in weight, uh, as far as I'm aware. Mm -hmm, yep. And that, that's, that is concerning just because, uh, listen, Pena is no joke. You know, when when you look at the level of competition, it's not even close. I mean, they, they might as well be in two different leagues. You know, Nico might as well be fighting in LFA still, you know, when when, when compared to Juliana Pena's, uh, not legacy, but you know what I mean, her, 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 her resume. Yeah. Resume, there it is. You know, when you look at her resume. So here's, here's Nico's chance. Nico gets a win at 135 of Juliana Pena. Now we're talking. Now, now the hype that she wanted is there. Now all that, uh, you know, being upset she didn't get her chance with Valentina, now it's there. Now, we, now we're like, okay, let's maybe see that fight. But, but here's the question, though. So Juliana Pena, obviously, the layoff, we're, we still got question marks, but she's somebody who is a hell of a grappler here, and, and Nico had some issues with Roxanne Modafari at 125, and I'm not taking mm. anything away from Roxy because Roxy's tough as nails. I love Roxanne Modafari. Do you well, think there's weird. Any, yeah, do, do you think there's any chance she stops Juliana Pena from just having her way on the ground? I, I don't think so. Um, it, it depends if she's able to land some some ground and pound, you know, really, because that, that's the ultimate equalizer. If you can land a couple up elbows and, and get Pena to question what she's doing mm -hmm. and, and to move onto her back foot or something, you know, her back leg, you know what I mean, and then takes the pressure off and, and Nico can roll, you know what I mean? Th there's some variables there, especially in, in women's MMA where it's not as progressed, you know. So that's her only shot. She has to just kind of land something nasty, uh, catch something as they're rolling, something along those lines mm -hmm. to try to stop Pena. Uh, and, and if she can hurt her on the feet at all and make that ground and pound less, you know, intensive, that also would go a long way. Yep. And uh, so just so we can move on to the next fight, uh, officially I'm taking here Juliana Pena by decision. How about you? I'm taking Pena, and I imagine she's a huge favorite. Yeah, I assume too. So we're going to get to one more fight here. We only got uh, two minutes left in this, so we're going to go with one that we don't have a lot of background on, and that's Mike Rodriguez versus John Alon. So Mike Rodriguez, 1-1 one one in the UFC, just beat Adam Milstead with a body kick. John Alon, 13-5, making his UFC debut, lost on the Brazilian version of the Contender Series. How much of an adjustment do you think this is for Rodriguez, who mentally prepared and physically prepared for Jean Volante for a month? Yeah, and that's always weird. You wonder how that translates. And and honestly, if you go back and, and you look at hysteronics, I don't know if there's a clear cut answer. You know, when you're when you are training for somebody who is ostensibly much much better, how does that translate 
when you're fighting, you know what I mean? When you yeah. when you fight the lesser of the competition, what what it sounds like it would mean is you're going to blow through them, right? That's what it sounds like, but I, that's just not true. Different styles. You know, I hate to – styles make fights, right? Mm. That's the old cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. Styles make fights. So I, I don't know anything about this Josh Alon guy. Uh, I don't know enough about him to make any type of prediction for this fight. But if he fights much differently than John Vellante, then, you know, this is – it's a this is Josh, Josh Alon's fight to lose at that point. Yeah, well, so I'll give you the quick crib notes to this because we are down to about 30 seconds here. But for me, John Alon is pretty much like a poor man's John Vellante. Sits down on his punches, uh, likes to move forward a little bit, but but gets, you know, deterred fairly easily. Okay. And, and his, his wrestling is worse than John Vellante's, and his jiu-jitsu mm. defense is way worse than John Vellante's. <laughs> so, like, uh, for me here, this is a good showcase fight for Mike Rodriguez, who I thought was stepping up a little bit too much with John Vellante anyway. So uh, on our only prediction in this one, I'm going to go with uh, Mike Rodriguez, and I'm going to give him a knockout too. And yeah. that's going to do it with the end of round two. We're going to quickly switch gears, give you our sponsor one more time, and then we'll come back with the last three fights in round three. Look, the coolest part of BSMMA.com is got to be the power-ups. I love trying to pick the power-ups and seeing if I can win on those picks. Now, let me tell you about some of the different power-ups. My personal favorite, especially if you like drafting a wrestler or two, is the AC Slater bonus. You're going to get an extra three points for every takedown your wrestler, or you know, maybe he's not a wrestler, your wrestler-type guy completes. And let me tell you something, sometimes when a winner is determined by two or three points, we're talking about guaranteed payout contest, you know, up to $250 last week, making sure that you get those extra points on the bonuses is essential. So get familiar with all of the different bonuses at bsma.com and make sure you're making those picks smart. Now, back to the show. And we are back with round three. I'm going to put a quick another five minutes on the clock. All right, we're going to, in this one, we're going to start with the ladies again. We're going to start with Lavia Renata Souza, who's fighting Brianna Van Buren. Now, Souza is 2-0 and in the UFC with wins over Alex Chambers and a split decision over Frota. And uh, Brianna Van Buren is recently coming off the Phoenix Rising Tournament where she won three fights in one night. She's 8-2 and two and going to be making her UFC debut. Those three fights include two UFC veterans and Juliana Lima and Kaywin Curran. Uh, obviously, she's UFC level in her grappling, Brianna, Brianna Van Buren. But does she have the striking to hang with fighters like uh, Lavia Souza? This is a tough fight. What I don't like about some of these fights, and this is, I guess, one of the issues you find on prelims, right? That you you will watch fights that are seemingly kind of meaningless. Mm -hmm. You know, these two fighters, I don't foresee them ever really doing a whole lot in the division. But if someone was going to do something in the division, I imagine it's Van Buren. Mm-hmm. Just, just given the trajectory there, Souza, I think we know exactly what Souza is. We know exactly what she is, and what she is not is top level UFC caliber. She's just not. But this is a tough striker. This is going to be a tough fight. If Van Buren can get past this, right? This is one one block. Build her slowly, and maybe she will be something. But but on the offset, just looking at the skill levels here. I don't know if either of them are very good. I don't know if either of them will ever really do a whole lot in the division. And I, and I can't say that about the rest of the card. I think there's a lot of fights on this card where you don't know where these people can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, to include the, the fight that we're going to probably talk about next. You know, I, 
any, they could go anywhere. We yep. really don't know. I think we kind of know certainly where Souza is, possibly where Van Buren is as well. And do you think where ben, Van Buren is right now is good enough to pick up the win? I think so. All right. But 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 strength of competition matters. Mm. And and I know I know Kaylin Curran is an ex UFC fighter, but she was one of the worst UFC fighters <laughs> possibly ever. I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be shitty, but she was quite possibly one of the worst UFC fighters in, in ever yeah that, that that is fairly true now uh for so for a official prediction you're gonna take van buren i'll go by, van buren all right so i'm gonna go van buren by decision too i think she gets it done with the wrestling all right and then the next one we're gonna talk about benito lopez versus vince marias or morales rather we had marias early on benito lopez one and one in the ufc he recently lost to manny bermudez by guillotine again no shame in that manny bermudez is a beast morales is one and one he just beat Iman zahabi and lost by decision, the Song Yudong, and as we learned, that's freaking really impressive, just losing by decision to that monster. Right. So, Morales showed he does his best work coming forward in his last fight against Simon Zahabi. He, you know, he's kicking the front legs, moving forward all the time. Do you think Lopez lets him move forward enough for him to do what he wants? Uh, I think so. I, 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 Vince Morales is an interesting character. This is a guy, and this is the fight I thought we were going to talk about next, so to, to segue back. You know, I don't know where these two guys are going to go. I really have no idea. Um, the, Vince Morales could be fighting for a UFC belt in two years. Benito Lopez could be fighting for a belt in two years. I really don't know. Uh, they both seem to be balls of kinetic energy. Uh, Vince Morales, love his style. Good resume so far, right? Being Zahabi is a, is a, is a good feel, though. I would say Zahabi has been a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, going to a decision with Yudong, again, as you pointed out, that means something. Benito Lopez, he has the personality. He has the look. He's a teen alpha male product. I, I'm really just looking forward to this fight. This is uh, this is probably my favorite fight on the prelims. Yeah, I, I also think too. You know, you mentioned before with the the team alpha male guys, especially the young ones, sort of getting away from what they do. I actually think Benito Lopez would probably be most successful here if he tried to at least wrestle Vince Marias up just a little bit. Maybe not even to get him down and to work on him on the ground, but maybe just to make him think he's going to do it and set up his striking, get him on his back foot a little bit. And I don't know that he'll do it. I'm a little bit worried that similar to Andre Fiewe, he's just going to fall in love with his striking. He's going to strike with a striker. 100%. 100%. Yeah, and, and if he does that, I, I'm going, and, and because I think he's going to do it, I'm going Vince Marias, and then I'm going to take him by a decision. Benito Lopez is hard to finish. I agree with you, man. Uh, we, we've agreed on this entire card, it seems like. Yeah, it seems just about that. So that's going to take us to our last fight, which is Pinyon Lu versus Jonathan Martinez. Uh, Lu, 2-0 in the UFC. He beat Damian Stasiak in his UFC debut, and he won a split decision over Martin Day, which most media members scored for Martin Day, uh, but Lu gets the decision. Martinez is 1-1 one one with a recent win over Waligi Buren, and he lost it in his UFC debut to Andre Sukumta. Uh, both of them seem to like to grapple, but have pretty poor poor takedown defense so like which one is the most aggressive getting it to the floor <laughs> i think lou will be the most aggressive uh especially just coming so another uh he's not lou's not really a team alpha guy but when he's in country he's training a team alpha mm -hmm. male um i can't remember the gym he trains at in china but uh i think lou will be the most aggressive one here uh, i think also i believe he's friends with yadong if i if i remember mm -hmm. correctly i believe they train together um because you does that... alpha male stuff too yeah Yudong yeah often so so male. So seeing, you know, riding that success, seeing the success of his buddy, especially this past weekend, um, you know, I just think that he's going to be the more aggressive one. He also just, 
he just looks like a fighter. You know yeah. what I mean? You just see yeah. those people that you're like, he just looks like a good, you know what I mean? Mm. So I'm just kind of banking on that a little bit, <laughs> that that maybe that looks will kind of become reality. And Jonathan Martinez just isn't isn't all that. So I just think that, that Lou can put everything together here and get the job done. Uh, and I think you're right about the aggression too. As long as he's the more aggressive one here, I think that this is his fight to lose. I'm going to go with Lou, and I'm going to say he's probably going to finish him on the ground just because he's going to spend... If he is committed to the takedown, he is going to spend 13 minutes on top game because uh, I just don't think Jonathan <laughs> Martinez is going to stuff it, and I don't think he's going to get back up. So uh, I'm going to go with Lou by some sort of decision. How about you? I like it. I'm going to go Lou. Uh, I'll go by decision. I'll, I'll say that Martinez can, can hang. All right, and that takes us through all seven prelims, 15 minutes, all of the prelims in the book. Kyle, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. We are definitely going to do this again sometime. I appreciate you, buddy.